0: Okay, well, so we've got another important issue to settle. We're back here with George Eaton. Hello again. So this is, if anything, the sort of major issue of the day, the defining issue of our times. George, what are your thoughts on the seminal 1997 Oasis classic? So it's already somewhat
1: of a loaded question. Yeah. Be here now. Well, I think it is undoubtedly the sound of cocaine set to music. And yes, the album was perhaps... overrated at first but now I think it's overly neglected and do you know what I mean? I think My Big Mouth, its I, getting I hope I think better. I know, it's getting better man, Brackets, man. It's, you All know, as, notes as, as notes. Liam would say, you know, some good tunes on it man Yeah, and, exactly. and you know, I think partly Noel is to blame for this, yeah. he has talked it down over the years yeah. you know, it was a dark time in his life but I did listen to obviously to the Oasis called Brexit episodes which was obviously a sort of sprawling yeah. theoretical masterpiece but I did enjoy the sort of the rare championing of "Be Here Now," which is not something, which is not a popular yeah. opinion generally on the left or a popular opinion anywhere. <laughs> anywhere, yeah. You, um, maybe but, John Har- what does John Harris? Yeah. Affect? Well, Do you no, know John he likes no, he doesn't. It? He hates oh, it. Yeah. He hates it. Okay. Um, so I actually think you know "Be Here Now." It's not the best sound Maurices could have made, but it's better than they had to make. It's <laughs> you better know? than most if of If you are, course. yeah. Oh no, it really is. That's <laughs> the other thing. Yeah. I mean, standing on the shoulder of giants, you know, it's far. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, um, Even chemistry. He, 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 yeah, Shy, so yeah. I think if you sell twenty million albums, you sell out net worth twice. What kind of album are you gonna make, right? You know, yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna say, oh, let's. I think we should strip it all back. Let's do <laughs> let's do a sort of let's do an acoustic album. Yeah. No, what you want is fifty guitar tracks, double orchestras, yeah. endless overdubs. You know, it's the album they had to make. I'm very disappointed they haven't done the reunion. You know, didn't do the 20-year reunion yeah. tour for that yeah. I think they're gonna have to find a new peg for it and I think that's actually you know what what's uh, we want to we want to be here now brexit actually I think they should I think they should given oasis yeah. did cause brexit I think they should announce a be here now concert they need to make it on the 29th of March 2019 yes no totally yeah. featuring a guest appearance from someone else who's very fond of, of white substances which is of course Mill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you know he's keeping that kind of
0: aspirational, like, you know, heartlands, Labour yeah. spirit alive. Yeah, which, which of course Noel would fully agree with. Yeah, no, you probably you votes Tory now. <laughs> yeah, you know, but yeah, George, you know, keep writing the pro Liam Gallagher pieces of new <laughs> statesman. You must love
1: it when they're like, oh, go on, George, you can write about Liam. Yeah, no, that's the beauty. <laughs> the beauty, I, I, added, I commission myself on any sort of subject under the sun. So you yeah. know, I think Batman and Bane. Actually, I mentioned the Wake no. Bane Twitter account earlier. That's it. What? You know, I think oh, I thought you we went ahead. We, we had <laughs> we had a piece by Zizek when the Dark Knight Rises came out on the politics of Batman. As my wife will testify, I do rewatch that film probably. Once, at least once a month. Uh, mainly because I still think yeah, I still think the most profound statement that anyone has made on the financialization of the economy is when the guy says, you know, this is a, this is a bank, there's no money here. And Bain goes, why are you people here? I still think that's, that is a profound statement on, on capitalism. I also think, as I've said to Woke Bain, I think Bain's address outside Blackgate Prison could, I think, provide the template for Corbyn's address outside Number ten. Yes. You know, the police will survive as they launch to true justice, which I think actually inspired Labour's 2017 manifesto policy of 10,000 more police officers. Diane Abbott, yeah. possibly a dark night. Yeah. Well. Police, police will survive. Spoils will be shared. The decadent yeah. will be ripped from their comfortable nests. Yes. I think that's the template for for the next Labour manifesto. There. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Georgie, and political editor of the New Statesman.
0: Thank
1: you.
2: Opposing the government, you have fields, In opposing the Conservatives, cows that move backwards and forwards, I'm afraid it's the hard left, and you have the milk, who want to tighten their control, that is taken from cows in the south, they want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices, and take from cows in the north, I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left, put together in the same Factory. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Are the hard left What's it? Well, we know who the hard left and are. And then it is mixed together with whiskey. We're in the, you know, ascendancy I, I, within the, within the Labour Party, one. who associate with the hard left. And it comes out as milk. You just said to that we were right greens. to right wing cows in the fields. Milk in the shops. The hard left agenda. The state controls the price of milk. Printing money. That is what socialism does. Nationalisation without compensation.
3: butter milk.
2: That sort of hard left wing position. Hard left. hard left. The hard left. The hard left. The hard left. <laughs> the hard left. The hard left. The hard left.
1: Conference, we are in Liverpool, where over 30 years ago, the council stood up to Thatcher and said, They stood up to her and they said, better to break the law than break the poor.
4: Today
3: we've heard calls for a true people's vote, a general election. Comrades, we must topple this cruel and callous Tory government as soon as we can. And if we can't get a general election, we should organise with our brothers and sisters in the trade union to bring an end to this government with a general strike.
5: I always
2: said at campaign group meetings in those days, at LRC meetings, we've got to be ready, literally, to prepare for government for the next day. And everyone thought I was on drugs. <laughs> okay. More socialists in the Labour movement but also in Parliament because the Parliamentary Labour
3: Party, there are only a few of us. You know, the next Labour government will scrap all of the assessments for the working and also for personal independence payment. You know that the Labour government will also be scrapping the of sanctions regimes.
6: When we talk about Jeremy Corbyn and electing him to power.
2: Wouldn't it be wonderful to get somebody to mirror what happened in 1945? I hope that I'm
6: still in Parliament because I want to nationalise something every week. Wouldn't it be wonderful? They had Leo Panitch on. We went to two of the panels that he was on. Yes, we've seen Leo Panitch twice. The first one was for democratising the Labour Party.
0: Yeah, it's about party democracy. It's uh, him, John Lansman, Hillary Wainwright, Hillary Wayne 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 Wright. Yeah. and, of course, Dr. Bastano
6: chairing. Dr. Bastano, yeah, chairing the talk. All suited and booted up. And the second was the economy. Yeah, it,
0: it was the economy tonight, and he was alongside Anne for. Grace Blakely was chairing and there was also another panellist, a little known maverick left-winger called Joel McDonald.
6: Yeah. What was the line he cracked about Polly Toynbee? It was fantastic. <laughs> he, he
0: said she'd written a positive article about the world transformed or McDonald's policies, possibly. I haven't read it. <laughs> anyway, he said, I hear Polly Toynbee's written us a positive article. This is a resigning issue.
6: <laughs> and everyone's just like, bah. Yeah, I mean, it's not as good as... What's ca- the
0: classic one? Not as good as calling... Uh, oh, well, it was actually, it was Corbyn who was filmed by Vice on the phone to Seamus being like, Jonathan Friedland, isn't he's a very bad guy, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> this utterly disgusting subliminal nastiness. <laughs> yeah. Friedland's a very bad guy. Twainby. Time be another one. I've got in hot water for saying she's not that left wing. No, I'm not saying she's not at all left wing, but I'll leave you to draw your own conclusions about a founding member of the SDP. <laughs> so you're listening to the Real Politic conference roundup.
6: Yeah, it's, it's been interesting. We've come it's down day and... two day 2 yeah. yeah
0: day 2 for us it's like day 3 for the the conference the overall conference. yeah
6: and the events surrounding it we've been mainly been attending the, the world transform we've only been stuff.
0: attending the world transform because yeah. we can't get into conference
6: I thought you had access to Congress because of course you told me you had a press pass but this was for the world transformed. Yeah, And that's an interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do we explain this? We, well, we I, I, some... I for
0: one praise their approach to security yeah, and vetting th- of, of journalists. Absolutely.
6: <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 that's to say we stumbled upon some press passes. <laughs> that was an interesting series of events. We got some press passes, tried to get into an event with the press pass, did not work we do we do we
0: didn't let us in they we were like sorry press is full <laughs> so,
6: <laughs>
0: apparently apparently of cunts like Nick Robinson were all in there squirming around being little, little bursters like, I can't actually remember what he was supposed to be doing according to my source in the room but <laughs>
6: <laughs> we weren't in the fucking room <laughs>
0: no we, we weren't we were we, what did we do did we go to so another we, event
6: so we went off to a McDonald's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck, I forgot we, about this sequence of events. Um, and we, 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 well, basically, we took a long walk along the streets of Liverpool, and we
0: came
2: wasn't to... wasn't that the, long. It was around the <laughs> corner. No, no, don't, don't,
6: don't ruin the mystique of this great story that listeners are going to hear about. And we came across a McDonald. We were considering KFC...
0: I wasn't. I was. I was dead set. On well, McDonald's.
6: I went, I wanted to Well, I was. I, I saw. I, I. saw the KFC. I was like, I fancy some chicken. But you convinced me by saying it. McDonald's. They. they, they also do they chicken. Sell,
0: they do sell chicken. At and McDonald's.
6: we went into McDonald's and we ordered oh, our food. McDonald's. <laughs> work <Scab>. at mcdonald's <laughs> go to work at mcdonald's we ordered the food uh, i would have to get wine jack was still inputting stuff on there i, it, I couldn't work the machine there was it, was it was very confusing it, lots of buttons it was the table sensitive numbers. to you have to touch it in a certain way it was the screen where you could put the table number so you could have the food brought to your table yeah i walked up towards you as you were doing this and you went
0: I, I I mean I, I no before that I was going Tom
3: Tom Tom uh,
0: and I was trying to communicate like, with you and then you.
6: I went over to you and found out why you were saying that because George Eaton had just walked in to buy McDonald's yeah, George Eaton was in front and, of us queuing up
0: um, for some McDonald's yes
6: this s- is true and so I turned to Jack and I went go break the ice and went sat down
0: Tom was like oh I'll get a table I was like okay I just went up to George I was like hey George we had a conversation on Twitter about the Edge the other day and he recognised me before I said that because he was like hey I was well, I'm, I've been like hey today to quite a few people I've literally never seen before in my life <laughs> so yeah maybe he was being polite but anyway we realised who I was and we chatted for a little bit and I was like it's cool that you're getting some actual coverage of the sort of ideas of the Corbyn project because it's where the ideas are happening right now in, in British politics into the New Statesman you know a kind of centre-left publication and George was like yeah 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 yeah, yeah uh, you'd, you'd think the Guardian would would, <laughs> would be doing it a bit more, but yeah, you, yeah. You, as we all know, the New Statesman and The Guardian have a long-standing feud.
6: <laughs> and, uh, but, and but, he's but the sole left-wing voice the then. But no, in this, this case, yeah, this yeah, thing? yeah. Oh man, you know what? The transformation of this. Is, I think everyone on Twitter will agree. What whatever happens to George whatever whatever has, has what happened what are you going to george? do to him whatever happens to george? whatever happens to george well as you saw on the tweets on the day he was saying that you know his captors were looking after him well we were we were giving him plenty of milk
0: yeah <laughs> <Karen. laughs> we, well we had we, we had a chat didn't we in, yeah just where we were in the story um, basically i i talked to him a bit and i was like oh uh do you want to come and sit with me and tom while we all eat our mcdonald's
6: and he came and sat with us, and we had mac and with Georgie. <laughs> he
0: did. He did. He was editing a piece by a New Statesman colleague. Yeah, it's good to know that that that, that, that the uh, the lesser writers at <laughs> that publication are, you know, that their their works um, in 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 safe hands.
6: And as we currently record this, we're going to his hotel tomorrow to. End- yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, RealPolitik is part of the mainstream baby, yeah, yeah. we are sold out, passes. we are Tories, we are melts. Cool, alright.
0: Yeah, like I said, we won't, we're not in full shit-talking mode anymore, <laughs> too tired. <laughs> right, so uh, hello, we're, again we're in Liverpool at Labour, Con- well we're closer to Labour Conference here than to the world transformed, aren't we? I've seen a lot of people in lanyards, but, but we're here with a first-time real RealPolitik guest who we fortuitously met in McDonald's yesterday, uh, or was it the day before yeah, yesterday? The day before. Oh, traditional left gathering. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's the famous picture of Chris Leslie and, and others, you know, eating there during uh, the Sadiq Khan campaign. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Chris Leslie is something of an inspiration to us. But yeah, it's, it's our friend George Eaton. Hello. Political editor of the New Statesman, and now darling of the Twitter left, <laughs> all of a sudden. So, George, you've been enjoying yourself at Labour Conference this year, and especially, I believe, the world transformed.
1: Yes, so um, I saw Jean-Luc Mélenchon there last night, who I interviewed as well yesterday morning, Oh yeah. and there were spontaneous chants of... Oh, Jean-Luc Mélenchon. <laughs> what amused me is that it actually works. Oh, the, okay. Some of those are quite affected, but his name actually <laughs> fits the rhythm of Seven Nation Army surprisingly well. Yeah. So he was happy with that, but he did give, he gave a very long, very sort of detailed speech um, on his plan for sort of citizens' revolution. I okay. And said, you know, this is this is the shortened version for a British audience, but some of the audience did get up and leave because I think they're not quite used to, that for a French politician, a, a standard speech is maybe an And a half. I think they were expecting more of a a quick sort of rabble rousing address. Yeah, yeah, like with McDonald when we saw him yesterday, he just sort of turned up, did his bit, left. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's how it goes. Yeah, because he's got to go to something else. Yeah, uh, what else have you seen that you've enjoyed? I saw the Tribune relaunch at World Transformed. I think you can never have too many titles on the left. Yeah. And. I've been going to Labour Conference since 09, and World Transformed is by far the most interesting thing that's ever been here because before you turn up at Labour Conference on a Saturday or early on a Sunday and it would feel pretty dead and yeah. if you saw anyone else walking around with a line, you'd go, oh you're at Labour Conference too but now it has got a genuine some sort of festival atmosphere to it and I think if you told people Pre Corbyn, pre 2015, that you would have people queuing around the block to attend economics lectures, economics debates with Marxist theoreticians. They would have laughed at you. Yeah, so no, it's a really welcome development. And there's been a
0: number of policy announcements throughout the course of conference. So there's, there's John McDonald's economic announcements. There's, I believe, it was, although not the Shadow Secretary of State for her department, it was Marcia de Cordova announced that Labour will be scrapping all benefit sanctions, yep. which is, again, very welcome. But, that today, there was a line in Keir Starmer's speech that has, you know, some people are very happy with it, but among Mm. Or particularly my
1: sort of crowd, it's caused a lot of consternation. Yeah. So what is your interpretation of that? Well, I think that was, Keir Starmer said, if there is a referendum, which is, of course, not, not officially Labour's policy at the moment, it's on the table, then that vote would be on whether to remain in the EU or whether to accept the deal, yeah. rather than a deal or no deal vote, which was the possibility floated by Len McCluskey and John interesting Interestingly, that line delivered by Starmer was not in the copy of his speech pre-approved, proved by yeah. Corbyn's aides. So it was clearly an attempt to push the leadership essentially into, in, into accepting that. Yeah. You then had Unite Deputy, McCluskey's Deputy Steve Turner, who got up and, and said despite what Keir said, it would be a... So Labour, like the Conservatives, has its own splits on this issue, Yeah, and I think that reflects the fact that the party's own electoral basis are torn on this. So you've got yeah. about two thirds of Labour voters back to remain in the referendum, but most Labour seats are in leave areas, and of course, some on the left see opportunities to Brexit rather than just costs and they say actually that the EU is not I mean the economist Robert Skidelsky said to me recently but like he's not a lefty but he said that the EU is not a social democratic institution it's treaties are fundamentally neoliberal and if you look at the Lisbon Treaty that was very much cheered on by New Labour at the time and so you can understand why the left feel slightly perplexed by so many in Labour embracing the EU given the austerity it's imposed on Greece and yeah. given its many flaws. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you think
0: that what Starmer said today means for this sort of carefully cultivated position of constructive ambiguity that Labour have maintained now
1: for a couple of years? Yeah, it feels a bit like unconstructive ambiguity now, doesn't it? But <laughs> I think but I think John MacDonald did concede yesterday that the vote would be on remain or the deal so i think that will probably become the position but okay. with various dissent but actually i think labor's true position perhaps was summed up by barry gardner the international trade secretary in a tweet which yeah. was never interrupt your enemy when they're making mistakes. a mistake the quote from napoleon so actually yeah. i think Next week at the Conservative conference, all the attention moved back to the Tories' sort of epic 30-year-long Euro war. Yeah, and for Labour, the task will be almost to just step back and let them let them fight it out. I think there is still an interest in Labour saying not a huge amount about Brexit until you get to the crunch point some expect when there is a genuine crisis when either May can't get a deal, there's no deal to put before Parliament or she brings the deal back to Parliament and it gets rejected. And I think, of course, Labour's first resort should be to push for a general election. Yeah. Because a referendum, which Tory leader could pragmatically grant if there's no other way out, is not going to get Labour power. So I think it almost, you can see why that's a diversion from the demand for, for an election. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean that yeah, that's personally my
0: view that I favor a general election. And I think a lot of the people who are particularly vociferously advocating a second referendum kind of want that instead of an election. And they deliberately want it as a distraction from yeah. Labour getting into power because they're trying to rebuild a political base, sort of outside of a party for the most part. While we've got you here, I figure we might as well ask something, you know, slightly more personal, but still grounded in politics. So a lot of people have seen you in the last year or so as going on a little bit of a political journey. So has this genuinely happened? Have your views changed or is it more that your professional approach in some way has
1: changed? Yeah. Was it the new socialist meeting? <laughs> <laughs> You've got it. No. <laughs> no. What I understand that is, after the 2017 general election, this was coincidence, but I started editing a section of the new statement called Observations, which yeah. is more ideas based, more theory based, more conceptual than the more traditional Westminster coverage. And after the 2017 election, given the result, there felt much more of an impetus to resurrect some of those themes. And I'd had a long-running interest in Marxism since I was about 13. I mean, that's actually what got me interested in politics. In my early teenage years, I would have described myself, unironically, as as a communist. So my interest began really with the left of politics. And then I suppose I always followed the left within Labour. I interviewed McDonnell before 2015, new people like John Trickett, yeah, maybe Corbyn, but obviously politically reporting from Westminster, they weren't the story there and they did feel more isolated. But given now the revolution you've had within Labour, there's much more of an editorial interest, I think, in covering that. But also I genuinely think that intellectually, the life, the energy is with the left of Labour. Mm. I remember some Labour MPs saying to me after 2015 that the benefit of being in opposition, not serving the shadow cabinet even, is that you have time to go on the back benches and, and think and come yeah. up with ideas. And they haven't really come up with much. No. And they are still defined by their anti-Corbynism. Yeah. I actually think the Corbynite movement intellectually through outlets like Novara, through thinkers like Jeremy Gilbert, Alex Williams. I wrote about this in a piece recently called Corbynism 2.0, where this is the ground Labour's moving on to with Ideas like a UBI trial, yeah. four-day week, they really uh, are worker ownership beyond man- the manifesto. Yeah, and I think I think the manifesto was a very strong political document. It was very popular, and actually, yes, some people said, "Isn't it essentially just social democratic?" But that would still be a great shift for, yeah. for Britain, given how long the Thatcherite settlements endured. But I think clearly, Macdonald himself has said the next Labour manifesto will be more radical than the last, which I think is exactly right because yeah. if you look at Labour throughout history, both in government and in opposition, often the time when it's lost momentum is when it hasn't continued to develop intellectually and, and, and politically. So I think that's really where the the energy is, both here and also in the rest of Europe, with people like Mélenchon, with Podemos in Spain, I think a thinker like Yanis Varoufakis is one of the most interesting people writing about economics at the moment. So and there's a huge amount of ground to cover that. And I do not actually feel much of the mainstream media does that I think no. And I think it's a missed opportunity for them but so I think even for say a title like The Times or, or slightly more on the left like The Guardian, there are interesting things and ideas to write about here regardless of your political position. Yeah. And so I think that's a niche I've been trying to cultivate and obviously given that the coverage has been well received, then you know, that encourages me to do more of it. and obviously I'm pleased people have recognized it because it, it was definitely as a coherent strategy. it wasn't, it wasn't completely accidental.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously the conditions to write about this stuff more frequently, more positively, were created in a great deal by the positive result in the 2017 general election. But do you think in the two years before that, there was a kind of missed opportunity by the media to take the
1: ideas within Corbynism more seriously and just the movement in general and not dismiss it out of hand? Yeah. so much? Yeah, definitely. I think most journalists would say they underestimated Corbyn badly. I mean, in fact, you know, Corbyn's team themselves didn't expect it to do as well as they did. But I think the Corbynism and Corbyn always had the potential, I think, for that kind of breakthrough because it was offering a genuinely transformative agenda. And I remember looking at polling during the Miliband years saying, well, some people were calling Ed Miliband a socialist. And I said, like, well, look, if he's a socialist, then so are most of the British public because there's huge support for nationalisation, huge support for higher taxes on the rich, higher living wage, all of that stuff. I think the radical and interesting elements of Corbynism were. overshadowed by the civil war you had and I also think by the political crisis the party was facing if its polling had been maintained. It was a relief for me as a journalist who obviously focuses on Labour and the left that after the election Labour was more relevant rather than less and also I think that it would have been I think a great missed opportunity for the left if Corbynism had if the manifesto had not been had not been received as it was so I think in retrospect yes clearly the media should have covered Labour more more seriously from the start but I think Corbyn himself and his team have also evolved and developed and I think they would say they made mistakes along the way his media operation is now far more efficient than it was before I think you've seen McDonnell this summer raising his profile too so I, I think the media and Labour are both in a better position now but I also think you see among the media a desire now, there was an acceptance after 2017 that they missed something here but a lot of People want to rewind the clock back now to 2015, essentially. And they're still not taking Corbyn as seriously as they should. And they're reverting back to their default approach, which is that we'll write about Labour if we think it will do harm to them. And as I said, I think they're missing a big opportunity there. I'm amazed that more of the new left writers out there haven't been given regular columns in newspapers, including The Guardian, for instance, because I think that's where the energy and vitality is. That's yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So I guess, like, let's ask a sort of final question. Are there any pieces of writing that you've written, that you've edited, that you've got coming out that you're excited about, that, you know, have these ideas but you find so interesting and that you can't wait for people to read?
1: Yeah, well, more on Corbinism 2.0, which is obviously a theme I want to, and then in time, obviously, Corbinism 3.0, as that develops. But I think lots more on economics. I think McDonald's really developing an ambitious program there. I'd recommend reading people like Grace Blakely, who's been contributing to the New States from recently. She's very good on the financialization of the economy and really understands this in a way that perhaps has been missed on the left before. And then I'd like to travel more. So I'm going to New York next month. I think the revival of democratic socialism, as they call it there, is a great phenomenon. And there are obviously parallels with the UK. And often the UK and the US do align in the same way. So just yeah. as you had the Thatcher-Reagan revolution, it feels now that like you've got a sort of democratic socialists reverse Thatcher yeah. reverse Reagan yeah. movement going on in both countries and then I think more of Europe as well. Portugal is one of the other bright spots for the left at the moment where the centre left party there is now in coalition with two further left parties and is polling pretty well, beginning to reverse some of the austerity. So I think more reporting from outside the UK and then I think momentum as well. I think Labour is developing now a more of a genuine community organising operation um, the some of the things they're doing in areas like Preston with this idea of what they call insourcing, yeah. ways in which that you can support local economies through state mechanisms rather than just trying to attract these big multinationals to your town or to your city. Yeah. It's um, a very radical approach to municipal social. Yeah.
0: And it kind of yeah it sets a lead that the rest of Labour local government to try and follow. and if they did it would finally kind of get them up to date with the Corbyn era I suppose I do have one more question Mm. what are your thoughts on Mike Gates are
1: you sad that he's not at conference I'm very sad that Mike's not here I think what we've seen over recent years is Mike who's obviously had a long following on the old right of the party Mm. getting deserved recognition for I think one of the most astounding uh, oratorical performances in Parliament in his now renowned Milk speech, and I think people are talking about the issues that could force a a Brexit deal to be done. You know, whether it's the Irish border, whether it's the loss of financial passporting for the City of London. I actually think the spectre of Bailey's being taken off the shelves at shops up and down the country could be what tips the balance in Parliament. I think if you look at the emotion in Mike Gapes' voice and his gestures as he delivered that speech, I think in years to come, I think MPs and journalists will look back on that speech as a pivotal moment in the brexit debate he's warning the country here of just what's at stake here yeah. and i think for the sake of bailey's and and for the good of our children who, who do need obviously access to milk um, <laughs> of course yeah. that is that is very then i think a brexit deal has to be done and we need a bailey's brexit we need
0: to put milk at
1: the forefront yes of what we're doing do you think keir starmer maybe should have taken a more gapes-like
0: approach in his speech today and that would have been more amenable to the Corbynite grassroots.
1: I think he should have done. That. I, think, I think he should have said, you know, milk is on the ballot paper here. Okay. That milk has a long tradition, of course, in the labour movement, and, and your Margaret Thatcher was hounded as the milk snatcher, of course. Yeah. And so I think if there's a chance for a more sort of Gapesian framing of this debate, where yeah. essentially you know it's the Tories who are back as the party of milk snatching. Uh, yeah. And
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, it is Mike Gates who is banging the drum for this nutrition substance we, we can capitalise on this on just how sour the Brexit deal has
0: got. <laughs> anyway, before we just start making milk puns, I think yeah we should let George go, and I'm, I'm sure he's got many things to do. So, like, cheers for joining us. You're welcome. For having a having a nice conversation and having a, another nice conversation in McDonald's the other day as well. <laughs> it's been a good chat, and yeah, uh, comrades, that was George Eaton. I
6: look forward to seeing you at the World Trust You know, it, <laughs> it
0: turns out we are so sorry. We got on really well. George is a really nice guy. Yeah. We're on first name terms now, yeah. George. Uh, it's more like second name terms because we don't need to put red or woke in front of it. We know we know who he is. He prefers woke George to red George, but I think it should definitely be red George. Red George. and And my senior Labour source concurs. So,
6: isn't so, yeah, that true. Yeah, um, Tom, isn't I, that true about the senior labour source? It is absolutely true. We we heard from the senior, they, ladies, do, they yeah. do concur they the senior labour source. They senior labour. Anyway, not speaking of source. Before we go back onto that topic. Uh, the sun isn't welcome in Liverpool, but fucking burger sauce isn't. Because we went on... Um, we. This is like
0: your Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with...
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was furious, literally. I was um, like, really angry. We, we,
6: we, <laughs> we, we, we got back to the hotel, and Jack really wanted burger sauce for his burger, so... We did find one place, but they were closing in five minutes yeah, when we ordered it.
0: It had to be the right combination of stuff. For this place, yeah. it had it had the burger <laughs> with burger sauce and bacon.
6: It had yeah, the, that was the one thing that you haven't found the others. It had bacon. It
0: had fucking bacon, and, bacon. The, uh, and it had burger sauce, which which is is apparently taboo out here. This uh, <laughs> godforsaken Literally, place.
6: Literally, two places <laughs> out of two hundred and one.
0: Yeah, and furthermore. It wasn't two hundred and one. There weren't that many actually that, open. We were pre ordered Oh, looking, we been... oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but furthermore, I also wanted some ice cream, <laughs> Ben and Jerry specifically. We're plugging a lot of brands in this episode. As you say, it's a new real politic. We've assimilated into the mainstream. We're not averse to you know just promoting mm. products that mm. we personally mm. like, Next such, week, such yeah. as BP oil, yeah. which uh, in fact I use a lot in my car. I, yeah. But I drive around. I have to drive you. You put your foot on the gas and your hands on the wheel, and you pull the the stick. And there's a radio that you can change the channels on. Listen to CDs if you want. I like CDs personally. I know a lot of people think that's old hat, but you can also connect an MP three device. Yeah, and um, cars are great. And you should use oil in them. It's good oil you not don't want to use cars that are good for the environment because they're also good for elon musk <laughs> so i think that's what he sells i don't i don't know very much he sells
6: about. cars and, and uh, they're and, good for and the environment i don't know i think so It's supposed to be no well if he's breathing <sighs> well, if... his poison back into and the he build, he air builds... he's probably just breathing
0: he... weed back into the air to be fair he, <laughs> <laughs> he is he is. he exhales he but bu- he, does not inhale. he builds
6: machines to save children from caves Which don't get used. Yeah, what we talking about? And then cause the guy pedophile as well. Um, Yeah. yeah. There was
0: an issue with not many places sold water, which was a problem. Um, I'm not doing a car advert anymore. We're back to the story about food, and then we're going to get back to the other food related story where we meet Georgie. Yes. So
6: explain why George is good again. Yeah,
0: exactly. We couldn't get any water, which 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 was a serious. You talk talking shit about
6: my man George. (laughs) Hey man. There's a theory about he could write an article. He's, been, he's actually been... About oh real politics. He's doubled us. He's real like, politics
0: are terrible guys. They said definitely true things about Nick Cohen that literally everybody in the media seems to know. And they also said that they really aren't that into the new statesman but like some of my pieces uh i've re- yeah he could definitely get a hit piece out of that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i mean yeah he great yeah no i think i think we had we had a good encounter with
6: george yeah and as we say we're going to visit his hotel tomorrow to interview him yeah so that was our encounter with george Oh, what, uh, is that all about? What has well, we, said, well, said what.
0: Did much more happen in our county with George? So what did we learn about George Eaton? Well, he, we know, we learned that he sometimes listens to real politic. He likes you too. He li- well, Yeah, he, he likes you too, but I already knew that, to be fair.
6: Because you've been fucking talking with him about it. Yeah, no, you've you... have been me, praising me, Acton, baby, m- for fuck's sake.
0: Me, me and Tom have been psyching ourselves up for the big days ahead by listening to you too.
3: No, no, basically. Uh, but I, I,
0: I think playing. it's weird that Tom keeps putting it on, personally. I'm not... I'm, no. I am I I be really into them as an I ironic thing, but it turns out that Tom's just like, like, oh, Bono is great. He, he's like, please, please don't make fun of Bono. Like, he's earned his money, and he's allowed to or tax it, I've never said this uh, in my life. And um, <laughs> uh, it's not... He shouldn't have to pay tax because he's earned his money. I'm scandal. Big, I'm a big Tory. That is just me, Tom. And furthermore... <laughs> this is the score that broke real politics back And Tom was like Yeah but you know who you think the Edge is a good guitarist I was like yeah the Edge is great And Tom was like No but actually he's like better than Hendrix Hendrix is a cunt <laughs> it's real. it was really extreme stuff i was taken aback by the level of hatred towards jimi hendrix that came from tom it's just slander isn't it i know that's what i said when you were talking about jimi hendrix and it and, it, and i was like no 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 he was he was a great musician and Tom's like no worthless
6: i own the joshua tree on vinyl at home that's it what do you want from me yeah. There's some good stuff on that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah. it. That's where my interest in YouTube usually ends. Well,
0: thank you for your confession that everything <laughs> I've just said is true. <laughs> yeah, so we've been just out here. Listening to YouTube, yeah. hanging out with George Eaton. When I've
6: been in the room, he's been playing YouTube. When I've left, he's been playing his politics podcast. That's what he's been doing on purpose to wind me up.
0: <laughs> yeah, Tom's right. I mean, it's like, yeah, to.
6: oh, not right. the podcast you listen to. Tom's right.
0: Tom's actually hit the nail on the head there. I'm not actually an enormous YouTube fan. I just like exaggerating how much. I listen no, like to them you in order to uh, in order to uh, boil piss. Yeah, in fact, Tom's right. My music taste is is, is great. Like I like very very hit bands, and to me, you two are just a bit naff. You know, a bit stadium rock. <laughs> so it's a bit kind of uh, you know. I'm I was a bit surprised when Tom put on some garbage like that, but I guess he does like the Verve. So hey, the
6: Verve is good, man. <laughs> if you can I can stand for oasis I can fucking stand for the verb nah so Georgie, great
0: guy I, I really yeah. I, I really like him you know I think he feels that it's astonishing that the media haven't shown more of an interest in Corbynism now that it's proven to be an electorally viable project with a significant amount of popular support. It's true, but a lot of us could kind of see it We had enough popular support to be taken seriously before that. But yeah, I think George Eaton thinks that the media have really dropped the ball in how they've reported on what's been going on in the left for the last few years and he is eager to pick it up and he's possibly realised, oh wait, if like 40% of the population vote for this party, then maybe like everyone won't think I'm a cunt if I say like the odd thing about oh this is actually, this guy is not just this frothing at the mouth extremist, he actually has some interesting ideas. <laughs> like you know, George has taken one Andrew Murray has been saying recently such as when Andrew Murray today at a fringe event echoed the sentiments of Corbyn's now quite famous foreign policy speech last year in the aftermath of Manchester bombing that the West's military interventions actually contribute to terrorism around the world by creating a feeling Against us, Andrew Murray repeated that completely uncontroversial point that, as much as I despise pretty much all of these ghouls, it is shared by actually a majority of the kind of security community and uh, all the journalists like Kevin Schofield and all these tosspots are just <laughs> com- completely just like just f- frothing at the dicks over it, just the latest opportunity to just go
3: oh, a hard left.
0: Um, but it's just ridiculous and, and I think George Eaton is like a person who's perceptive enough to see that it's, you know, just a fucking storm in a teacup to get all outraged about <laughs> a political advisor repeating the sentiment of a speech he wrote that was yeah. made well over a year ago and the majority of the population polled in the aftermath agreed with yeah including conservative voters <laughs> you know what I mean there's this analysis that has been missing and you know fucking the Guardian are not going to bring it so yeah. if like as much as yeah. I don't like the New Statesman really they should as a centre-left publication take some interest in like yeah. the main kind of or politics of the Labour Party or have a who's at least yeah who's
6: writing <laughs> positively of the Corbyn project in the Labour Party which I'm, I'm guessing George now is sort yeah. Of filling that void but i mean he's not he, he's kind of not like an opinion writer really so he's not
0: just like blowing smoke up everyone's asses about it. he's yeah, reporting he's just, on what's happening he's just and like oh this person stuff. has yeah. this idea they, they think this thing and this is how this idea is reflected in the labor party this is how it could be implemented and that is something that's missing from just an absolutely abject miserable Shit, house media, and I'll be like completely unabashed in saying, you know, I think George Eaton's a nice guy, and I think that it is good that a mainstream journalist is doing what he's doing currently. I dig that. Dig that. You agree with me? There you go. Tom agrees as well. So when you at me to say what a melt I am, can you add Tom in as well? To- yeah, cheers. Thank
6: you. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> anyway, um, what did you buy? We're gonna do segment called "What's in Your Bag." Your saying segment in that. My- Bizarre way. Sedgment. Sedgment. Segment. 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 Se- like a segment of an orange. I say it, I've said it once, I said it before. You I said it again. You said it all I your life. I can't say words. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pronounce words. I mean Weed's a hell of a drug. What, so what,
0: Jack, what's
6: in your bag?
0: Well, I have got a new book edited by John McDonald, Part of mm. the McDonald brand from McDonald Productions, now, it's published by Verso Books and it is called economics for the many edited by john McDonnell. and i thought it was called the new economics but i suppose it's called economics for the many because that's what it says in the book and the front cover contains the words we are seeking nothing less than to build a society that is radically fairer more democratic and more sustainable in which the wealth of society is shared by all who is we i suppose the Corbyn Project, and you can make those kind of statements generally. We are seeking to do this, talking about socialists or whatever, but this is head of economics in the Labour Party, John McDonnell, publishing a book compiled from work by various authors that... Oh my god, this sounded like a smart thought in my head. (laughs) I'm just saying it's it's a book by John McDonnell, Labour's Manifesto in 2017. That was good, but we... this is... A set of ideas that we, Corbyn movement, plan to, in some way, try and implement in government. So, oh yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a whole book of ideas that could advance Labour and their policy platform, their strategy, onwards from the last election. And some people feel there's been a bit of a stasis that's set in over the last year. Yeah. I think in a lot of cases that's true. I think largely there's a series of policy vacuums in briefs in the shadow cabinet that have been filled by so-called moderate MPs who are amenable to the Corbyn project on a sort of personal level. And they're able to work with the left. The extent to which they're able to work with the left is obviously up for debate. I mean, look at Tom Watson. He was okay for about a year and then in the last few months he has just taken a dramatic heel turn. And what worries me more than even his recent antics, which just seem to me like pure naked wrecker behaviour, having fucking tea with the toad Paul Staines today. <laughs> As he's a scumbag. Advocating a second referendum, probably even fucking worse. You know, he, he has just showered himself in shit the last few weeks. But even before that, I can't say he was bringing much to the culture brief. Culture, media, and sport. You know, I, I'm i one of the culture editors for New Socialist, which is my, how, I, how I've got all this in- credibility and a press pass and stuff.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Are you fucking-
0: <laughs> the power's gone to your head, mate. And I'm, I'm, and it's how I'm, you know, I'm mates with George Eaton now and stuff. And and, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave all oh, you fuckers behind. signing God, people new think, use people to think we ought
6: to come back from the conference. More left wing. Uh, yeah. I'm like, no, yeah,
0: no, no. Fuck <laughs> these we people. Are. We're better than all of them. No, no. Of course. Um, I can't. What was I? even the fuck was I even? You were saying? talking? You were talking No, about no, a no. no but yeah, comments, culture, yeah, culture, culture. I'm very interested in culture and how the media can be reformed, how the arts can be more not financially productive, as the official government line seems to be at the moment, but more socially productive. You know, those kind of things are really important to me. And I don't really have much faith in Tom Watson delivering a radical kind of agenda at the department for culture media and sport and that is similar in quite a few areas in education i don't think there's a particularly radical standard of ideas coming from angela rayner in housing i think john healy i mean literally ed Miliband's shadow housing secretary so it's beyond kind of emphasis on stuff like more house building there's a real kind of continuity with quite bland policies Labour had before. There's so many other examples as well. Nia Griffith at Defence, of course, Emily Thornberry. Although I'm a little more sympathetic to her than, than some in that she has generally on some of the defining issues, such so as basically when not to bomb somebody. She has actually kind of put Corbyn's... Kind of standpoint forward in a way that is amenable to some people on both sides although all the like centrist cranks think that she's like this proper like a sad lover it's so bizarre and yeah there's quite a few like that really where there is a real policy vacuum and i'm worried about various aspects of labour i'd say Although, for instance, we were criticising him over something else in the last episode, I actually have a lot more faith in Labour's economic policy, but John McDonnell is going to put forward genuinely radical proposals and same with Rebecca Long-Bailey, who is the Shadow Chief Secretary of the Treasury. Correction, Rebecca Long-Bailey is actually the Shadow
6: Secretary of State for Business, Innovation and Skills. And in the long run, it's the most important aspect of where the Corbyn project has to succeed. It's the complete reform of our economy. And the initial steps that need to be taken so in the long term we can build towards a socialist economy. Yeah. Essentially. Exactly. And that's why it's so important. I have
0: a lot of respect for what he is trying to do because it's a mountain that I would not know how to climb. You know, how to navigate sort of this very, very complex world and trying to push a politically marginalized for many years standpoint mm. within a debate that for so long has favored the right enormously mm. so i'm excited to read economics for Then many by john Macdonald. Uh, Tom, your, oh, yeah. what's okay. the first thing in your
6: bag i picked up a copy of someone who we saw at two of the talks as we've already mentioned leo panich and yeah. sam gindin Jindin? i don't know in, in the form of the socialist challenge today which basically looks at how we understand contemporary left movements and, and the challenges they face in three areas that being the bernie sanders sort of insurgency, insurgency yeah in the u.s series are experienced in greece and of course over here corbyn's leadership of the labor party yeah and uh, it's which a,
0: will hopefully uh, have more success than either of those too
6: absolutely and i mean clocking in at just under 100 pages i think it's one of the essential reads. I read you know, it in the night. There you go. It's it's. If I, I still can, need to read you it. Can uh, absolutely, probably. absolutely, yeah. And I think no, I do not mean
0: you. Be... I mean our listeners. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I need
6: to, and the listeners as well.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not. That you can't. I was. I just, <laughs> I just mean I, I can wasn't, read. I, wasn't, I, wasn't I just trying <laughs> <I can't. laughs> to
6: I can read, <laughs> but I just can't say things properly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I agree with that. There we go. The Socialist chance today. Good read. I look forward to it. Sink your teeth into it. And oh. um, we met
0: We met Leo Panich today, didn't we? We did, yeah. Very briefly. Just as he was
6: going out of the venue. We wasn't said, in a McDonald's. Wasn't in a McDonald's. That would have been fantastic. We bumped into him. And we said, really appreciate the praise you gave towards a good comrade of ours, uh, Max Shanley. Max
0: Shanley. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Great yeah. friend of mine. I really appreciated seeing, because Max was, sadly wasn't able to make conference this year but seeing an event party democracy which I know is the issue closest to Max's heart because he bides by the rule that you cannot hope to transform your society into a more democratic one, unless you can transform your
6: party into a more democratic one first. Exactly. And in previous conferences, he's shown that passion in that argument that he makes. He has. In great video here. of
0: him, him yelling on stage he's, at one, yeah. uh, one of the previous conferences. But yeah, you know, I went up to Leah, I told him I enjoyed his book, but then I just sort of said, look, you know, I'm friends with Max Shanley and I thought it was great that you shouted him out. And so did John Landsman, actually who i know is is a great friend of max's too yeah and uh, a mentor to him and 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 yeah. you know some of these guys you know they fucking live and breathe party democracy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it was a great session Hillary Wayne Wainwright as well on the panel Dr. Bastano my chair. I think we I think we touched on it before because we mentioned Leo and yeah it was just great to go up to him and tell him I thought it was great that he shouted out Max and his mm. uh, political education political education political education line Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you're listening Max nice Uncle Leo Think you're, a, you're an extraordinary young man oh yeah yeah <laughs> you said that yeah you said that, you do, yeah. Yeah, that so, says a lot
6: really there you go <laughs> look forward to your book Max anyway yeah. should we go straight on to the next one let's well, talk
0: about red pepper because we both got it red pepper the conference issue. The conference issue uh, we we'll read by a lot of people uh, as he's yeah, been pointing out, out to me. And what's the great thing about the fact article. that um, a load of people are going to read this talk. Well, of
6: course, I would say there's a lot of great articles in there everyone of course has to check out and I'm sure they will because a lot of people pick up this issue uh, yeah. during conference but there's a, a great reason you should especially pick up this yeah, issue, because I mean, i, I to in the particular, back.
0: I would recommend uh, page 79. Yeah, really, go look at page 79. It's a really great page.
6: <laughs> go check that
0: out, go check out page 79. Page 79. A <laughs> little <Politics> reading series. <laughs> built as the most cathartic podcast on the left, <laughs> the four presenters celebrate the power of caustic humour against political figures and pundits who take up too much space in the media. Doxed by the Daily Mail, darlings of Twitter. <laughs> it depends what what part of Twitter you're on, I suppose. Real politics started as a conversation between Marxist friends about cinema, and as <laughs> Laura's going to be like, they don't they're not fucking Marxists for a bunch of sort <laughs> dem tossers about cinema, and has evolved into a source of analysis, interviews, <laughs> comedy digressions, and best of all. Hip hop samples yeah. rolled together in a heady blend of Cheech and Chong socialism. That's probably the best write-up we've ever had. It is. The show. It's, it's
6: short but sweet. Written by our good friend uh, Edward Dingwall. Yeah. And of course Jenny uh, Nelson. Jenny Nelson from the Red Pepper came <laughs> up to us and Do you remember the first names. Yeah.
0: Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> <It's tough.
6: laughs> we were absolutely with that yeah thank you so much yeah
0: yeah i mean i would also recommend flicking forward to oh page 16 you can read a bit of leo panich and sam gindin but i would especially recommend flicking forward to page 38 socialism starts at home (laughs) in which i saw this i was like oh this is a must read it's like costas Lapovitsus argues the left case for Brexit. Something by Grace Blakely in here as well is always worth a read. Yeah, it's Michael Calderbank did an interview with Costas Lapovitsus ahead of the publication of his provocative new book. The left case against the EU, which likewise sounds like a must-read.
6: Yes, you're certainly picking up your literature on kind of the left case for Brexit now. Aren't I've got the Larry
0: Elliot book as yeah. well. I mean, to be honest, Larry Elliot is a bit like legitimate concerns for me. But <laughs> when it comes to the main issue of Britain urgently leaving the European Union. We're on the same page. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Hilary Wainwright as well. One of the greatest thinkers of the New Left, in my opinion. But I wasn't as big a fan of her piece in the Europe section. What did it's she talk about? It's nice, a bit
6: too pro-Europe for me. <laughs> Considering now that we... Uh, well, that brings us on to kind of uh, an encounter <laughs> you had on the first day. Yeah, was interesting.
0: I was a dick. I was, I was. was a bit. I was a bit... Yeah, I like basically, it was something that I stole off respected health economist Dan Howden. This was part
6: of the narrative in this leading up to his meeting Red George.
0: It was yes. All right. So this was when we were on the way to get our press passes.
6: Where well, we basically broke entry into yeah. <laughs> into so we knew Corbin... the complex of the uh, world transformed
0: Exactly. Corbin was inside the building, <laughs> and we wanted to get some press passes because we are very important and we deserve them. Because... Uh, anyway, we walked past a guy who he had a T-shirt on. It was like I can't remember. If it was pro Corbin, but it was it, I, I, I you know I saw it and I thought like AWL you know like, <laughs> I was like is this, is this what Michael Chesham looks like you know yeah. I was I was instantly like yeah, um, all. I saw <laughs> I saw, it saw I saw fucking red I smelt blood <laughs> I, and I saw I saw the like love Corbyn hate Brexit or love Labour hate Brexit t-shirt whatever it was it didn't matter to me whether and it was love Corbyn or hate not Brexit. I just, just saw
6: hate, hate Brexit, Brexit. It was like it was like and he heartbreak it now, Heart uh, yeah, Brexit now. I, I,
0: I just felt compelled to just go heartbreak it now as we were in parts and he just went why why <laughs> and we kept walking and didn't say anything but i you know my, i i still think that maybe what he wanted to say to me was oh i i've, I've never thought about it like that before <laughs> you know, maybe we should have the hardest Brexit possible. Thank you for explaining this to me and mm-hmm. l- laying this out. He, yeah, what he, what he said was, why? <laughs> 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 and I didn't, I didn't tell him anything, unfortunately. But I, I, you know, hopefully he'll go home. You know, read some Costas lap, lap. Some co- some some we're on first name terms even I've never met Costas and also some Larry Elliot maybe and who, who else is actually okay who's like gung ho prolexit anyway he'll go home read like the good lads and he'll he'll read like Sarah Cundy's tweets more on her later and <laughs> and he'll join the good fight for. Hard Brexit, but we did actually encounter him again when we were, when we got turned
6: away from the Corbyn event. And then he saw a press pass and went, "Ah, press." Yeah, he went, he went <laughs> something like,
0: "Boo the press." What did he say? He was like, "He he was like, boo the press, like fuck the press, I hate the press, something like that." I just turned around, like was like, "Good press, mate, new socialist." Just kept walking on.
6: <laughs> <laughs> it was like one of almost. It was literally almost one of our first encounters. Yeah people that were I, was really just, I was just I was
0: just I was just excited I got I got I got I got hopped up. I wasn't-,
6: I wasn't I hadn't been smoking. <laughs> I did control of my emotions. <laughs> Again, you just saw Hate Brexit on the show and you were just like, ah. I like, I hate you! <laughs> Fuck. Like a wild dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't help it. But... The, bull- the bulldog mentality just came out and you just- Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just-
0: I can't- I like, just, and and yourself. I mauled him verbally walk on, walk on. with the words Hard Brexit now. Right. But anyway, we've been making common ground with a lot of people due to our unwavering pro-Brexit views, haven't we? A lot of people
6: are coming over to it.
0: <laughs> well, I think, to be fair, they were already over there. But, for, for example, mm-hmm. we've been talking to a lot of, like, kind of decent salt-of-the-earth folk because we're like that, we're in touch with the working classes. Like, for example, on my first <laughs> yeah. night, Tom wasn't here, but I came down from my hotel room to check out. I had no idea where I was going, so I had to call a taxi. The I- I remember- story... The lady there, you know, she was very nice. You know, I paid her the charge because obviously, I I was always, I fucking overslept, so I had to pay an extra. I didn't have to because she offered to let me off and I I felt bad and I was like, oh no, no, it's fine, I'll pay it. And then she was like, oh, would you like anything? Because you're so nice. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then she asked if I was here for the Labour conference. And I was like, yeah. And then she was just kind of like, you're middle class, aren't you? Just
6: you right out, She was, yeah, she was <laughs> like, you don't, know,
0: you don't, know, you know. I don't mean to be rude, but like, you know, because she already said I was nice, so you know, we'd already got off to a to a good start. But she, but she was like, you're you're middle class, aren't you? I was like
3: yeah i am <laughs> and yeah, she yeah, just yeah. went
0: on about how like she hates corbyn and like militant destroyed the city and stuff and actually can't vote labor because of corbyn i could have done a little john harris video when i was there to be honest mm-hmm. um, but yeah she was like big on brexit so i was like oh yeah you know i voted remain but I'm, I'm i'm a lot more eurosceptic these days and she started i don't know if it's before or after the subject of brexit i think it was after so i'd already kind of sussed that she was a Brexit voter but she just started coming out with like all this really racist stuff. <laughs> like and she was all like, I know I've got like our half cousin is Chinese or something, so I can't be racist. Oh. She, she no. was like, like my my brother in law's friend is black, so actually I'm it's not about race. And she like proper brought in all this stuff that was talking about like Syrian refugees and gypsies. Oh, it was no. it was like spending ten minutes in the pub with John Mann. <laughs> and
6: she was we would like to point out, though, that almost everyone else we met in Liverpool have been absolute legends. Oh, comments. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, honestly, like, <laughs> this is just this is why it's exceptional, because it's been, like, for one encounter that's been like this. But, yeah, this, I got this big lecture. I was just sitting there, like, because she made me a cup of tea, so I was, like, very limp in my resistance to racism. I was like, oh, you know, I just... I'm just not sure I agree with that <laughs> and, uh, and we were going on and I was trying to say look you know it's the policies it's for it's for, it's for Tories it's for, it's for big capitalists who are, who are you know meaning but who, who are making everyone suffer she was like oh I had so I, we were so poor you know quite reasonable stuff real tales of suffering talking about her father was a communist and stuff But bet he would like Corbin I forgot to mention but she also slagged off Diane Abbott loads and talked about about how stupid she is yeah habits law but anyway yeah i caught like a full full like earful of legitimate concerns for quite a while
5: we came to this neck of the woods to make a film about the UK Independence Party and the issue of immigration.
0: <laughs> Before I went off to like a left-wing event to hang out with the great and the good, like Juliet Jakes and fucking Riley from Trash Future. <laughs> Hello, the world. Um, no, World Transform Square. Take two. Hello, Real Politic listeners. You are listening to Real politics. This is Real Politics. So we. We're here in a Greek restaurant. As you can hear. Oh. Yeah, as you can hear, banging tunes in the background. <laughs> Me and Tom are sat here with friend of the show, sort of guest host last time almost.
4: <laughs> it is three-time Real Politic guest on a fourth go round, Juliet Jakes. Hi, it's nice to finally meet you guys after just doing everything via Skype. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so much Skyping. Well now here we are in
0: the flesh. I've got a huge bottle of sparkling water. Don't and call I've got me an Irish coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna call Juliet a Tory. <laughs> Not anymore. Nothing Tory about Irish coffee. <laughs> Why am I drinking it out of the bottle? I've got a glass.
4: <laughs> no one can see
0: it. No one can see but they could have heard the <laughs> oh,
4: oh no that, that was louder than I did it. We'll edit all this out, right? We probably won't <laughs> <laughs> so here we
0: are in a in a Greek restaurant with Juliette Jakes. Juliette, how are you enjoying The World Transformed?
4: Well, I've enjoyed it a lot, actually. I mean, after a really dispiriting and depressing summer of following politics online, I've largely been out of the country, I haven't even had my kind of support networks that I have, when, you know, feeling kind of despair about leftist politics generally. It's been really nice and really inspiring to be in rooms full of people who really want to kind of think through ideas and, uh, you know, actually be quite serious about building a better world. I kind of came thinking I would focus more on like cultural parts of the uh, conference, Yeah. Um, parts of the event. Yeah. Because of what I do with speech 212. But actually have ended up going to quite a lot of more directly political things. Yeah. Likewise. So today I went to the uh, Jacobin talk on the American left. Mm-hmm. I was really inspired by Julia Salazar in particular. But I've been to one of the panels on the European left, with people from like Germany and France and Denmark and Italy. That one was quite bad-tempered actually. Really? People getting very angry about Delinker's immigration policy, which is quite interesting. Subject I don't really know a lot about. Yeah, I remember you saying. Um, but it was a, it was an impassioned. Yeah, it really was. But you know, also I haven't seen Jeremy Corbyn speak before, so I went to see him talk with Owen Jones and others, and you know that was yeah. that was really interesting because some of the events have been very much about kind of debate and dialogue like so I went I went to the big Brexit event with like Paul Mason and Costas yeah. Lachowicz big Brexit best um, kind of Brexit yeah and you know like, I, I mostly hate hearing about Brexit and I've got yeah. it largely tuned out but I was like no actually this is really important so let's hear what people have got to say and you know that was a really interesting and stimulating conversation although I came out being no clearer what I think about Brexit or this people's vote idea than when I went in yeah but then some of the stuff like the event with Owen Jones and Jeremy Corbyn it was just more about just feeling a sense of like togetherness and um yeah and um, you know that event there was a woman from like the Justice for Grandpa campaign there was also someone from the HDP in Turkey and I was in Turkey earlier this year so it was really interested to hear more about like Turkish politics and what the HDP are doing it's a very it's a real range.
0: it's a very very lineup there on that that particular event you'd think it would be Jeremy Corbyn you know Owen Jones like John McDonnell but you know Owen Jones was there but other than that that sounds like uh, quite an interesting selection of people.
4: Yeah, I mean, Owen was just kind of chairing and, you know, doing something he does really well, which is just, you know, kind of building passion in a kind of crowd without really dumbing down the kind of ideas that yeah. were, were being discussed. He's very, very good at I mean, I've also been very interested in the amount of um, conversation about the media. After the last year we've had since the election, there's been a lot of very interesting conversation about the media, and Dan Hind and Tom Mills obviously set up the Media Democracy podcast last year, yeah. kind of in response to how... How the media had treated Corbyn and his supporters like before and after the election, it's really interesting to hear how much work has been done on the media in the last year because I talked about being interested in culture and politics and it feels like the media is still the place where that meets. Did you attend the Media Democracy panel? What was it what Was it called again? Uh, was that the Occupy Fleet Street one? Yes. yes I did. Yeah, uh, That was super interesting actually, I really enjoyed that. There were some quite radical ideas being presented about how to democratise the BBC, how to democratise the. Media generally and build something more kind of participatory and less top down and you know, Tom Mills had some interesting conversations about the BBC saying it's you know it's always been quite patrician and quite anti democratic which yeah chimes in my historical studies of it as well. Yeah. Yeah I thought that that was a really inspiring session. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah and we've just got to talk to Dan Hind outside a different event didn't we? And I love his voice. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really yeah, no. his voice. yeah, I've been a long-time <laughs> listener of the Media Democracy yeah. podcast. No, I've been in from the start. I was, so for, yeah. School. Dan, Dan has a good, good podcasting voice. Absolutely, and in, in fact. Um, good in real life as well um, it's very similar eh? yeah yeah exactly it's almost
0: like it's the same person the same vocal cords and so on um, yeah we just spoke to dan and uh, talked about media democracy let's make it official we're putting the
4: pressure on So media democracy do an episode on satire and how it's bad yeah not, not the whole concept of satire just just well present sat- in practice. present day satire's yeah. kind of inability structurally or just like because of the people doing it their inability to deal with the present moment. Yeah, you know it's very interesting. We were talking about the recent bit of Chapo Trap House, where they talk about why that kind of post-daily show liberal satire isn't really working anymore, but also why kind of you know long-standing British satirical institutions from Private Eye to I Got News for You, which obviously involved some of the same people, why they struggle to really cope with Corbyn, despite the fact that there's an awful lot about Corbyn and his supporters and the movement generally that you know is. Kind of funny like, yeah but they um, never identify it do they it's no. always the same cliches it's always that Orwell extract oh yeah the, the feminists in their sandals they're vegetarians and, you know that's pretty much what the... or like referring to him as compo from last of the summer wine oh yeah like... yeah.
0: Always always like Steptoe and son like, the... you tell that 90% of people are like what the fuck is step and son? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is <it like> <laughs> maybe go up to America say Stanford Son or whatever it is maybe they'll get it maybe that show's had a longer life over there in Britain I think that's uh, yesterday's show but yeah that's what pretty much
4: what the bulk of anti-Corbynite humour is predicated yeah so UK. it's all pretty weak really but yeah I mean the, the media democracy stuff's been really interesting I mean it was good to hear like Corbyn in his speech talk about climate change in particular because I think that's something Labour has been a bit weak on Yeah. I mean you know this may not be the most popular opinion ever but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more or something a bit bigger or more prominent talking about anti semitism on the left yeah I um, think so you know I mean there's been reading groups on that I mean Momentum have not ignored that subject the organized have haven't ignored the subject but I feel maybe something bigger on that might have been good I don't know I mean you know yeah, that would have been open to I guess some fairly problematic responses as well oh God, just imagine the fucking
0: trots and the crowd at that one well
4: I mean but there have been quite a few people outside the conference haven't there like the sort of rump of the old SWP yeah people. Uh, this, this isn't um, a question it's more of a comment yeah. <laughs> ancient Trotskyist. You know, handing out kind of leaflets. You know, I, th- I think, again, you know, talking about the IHRA and antisemitism in a way that's not massively helpful. So I would have liked to have seen a bit more dealing with that. But on the whole, I think it's been, a you know, an interesting and a positive and constructive uh, experience. Like, you know, next year I'd love to speak here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Hopefully we'll have built up Suite 212 enough by the end. The yeah, well-transformed
0: organisers, if you're listening. They, yeah. They do follow us on SoundCloud. Right, okay. We're well, the only yeah.
4: account they follow. This is a shameless... Um, <laughs> Oh, the only- shameless attempt to be involved with Brexit. No to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't follow the bar or like nope. just real
0: politics. They got they got standards, you know. <laughs> Sorry, no no offence. <laughs> that wasn't the diss. If he'd have said any other name, I would have said the same thing.
4: Well, I'm going to eat my starter now because it obviously arrived during yeah. our recording, as yes as, as may have may have heard. But thank you for
6: joining us, Julia.
4: It's thank been a,
0: a great, really tour. good to hang out. Oh, so
6: you met Riley during the conference?
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah. I mean, I met, met Riley before. Obviously, you know I get me, me and Riley get on, but he, yeah, it was good to see him. He was cracking wise as always. Uh, he went to the New Statesman party that night, as you'd expect. Uh, <laughs>
6: yeah. I don't think we'd be welcome in the New Statesman party. To be no, honest. we would. No, we wouldn't. Like, we, we can hang. We can hang with George. Yeah, we then can hang with George. Like, George, George, yeah, come back. And well, George over is here. cool.
0: Yeah, it will be. I'm bloody oh, you're doing hanging out with those hard left thugs. George, I'm so sorry if you get sacked when you get at home from,
6: from Liverpool like, but um, to be fair George is very positive about the relaunch of Tribune so you is. know he could go for Tribune and shall we move on to the next what's in our speaking bag speaking of which what's in our bag we have copies of the first issue of the relaunch of the Tribune magazine mm. Britain's oldest democratic socialist publication
0: didn't ask me to write for it for some reason didn't ask me to edit it for some reason. I went to Ronan Burton Shaw for some reason. No, nah, I really like Ronan
3: Burton Shaw. He's,
6: he's very good. On the cover we have melts, melts, melts.
3: Yeah, there's a
0: lot of melts. I think it was. Uh, I won't say who it was. He pointed out.
6: But yeah, there's not Orwell. not the writers in there, but the uh, no, no 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 no. Yeah, yeah sorry,
0: Owen Dawd. We didn't we didn't <laughs> mean you. Which
6: we mean the, the the pictures of the yeah. Uh, yeah, there's those, re- there's uh, you know, George Reed some.
0: Reese <laughs> M effing well. An Iron Bevan. Fucking. Castle. Uh, thank, fucking. Nuke. N- n- nuclear nye. That's, nuclear they, nye. that's what they. That's what That's what we call him, isn't it? Nye the Nuke. Barbara Castle. Mm-hmm. Another one. Started out on my left. Fucking sold out. Michael Foot, I like Michael Foot, But he was a melt. <laughs> Next.
6: A liberal of the radical tradition.
0: A, ra- a radical liberal. Well, I mean, his family were radical liberals. I think I think he was a, a democratic socialist.
6: But I, of I, a melty variation.
0: Yeah, he was a melt Well, he was a terrible labor leader. Although I think it's fucking awesome that now the right are like Michael Foot was a great and noble man. Jeremy Corbyn should read some effing nineteen eighty three manifesto.
6: <laughs> so you've got various writers in there. Yeah, you've got at least yeah. three new
0: socialist people in there. Nice. The great Tom Blackburn. The great Rhianney Jones and the great Wendy Lu. Amazing. All in there.
6: Repping the new socialists. Of course.
0: Let me also. see if there's any... There's also, page 88, the great Juliet Jakes. Nice. Who else are we personal friends with in here? Oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm quite friendly with Lara. The great Lara McNeil... We're good friends with Mark Seddon, but it's the other Mark Seddon. Oh,
6: really? yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Mark Mark Seddon Senior is there. There's two
6: Mark Seddons in yeah. the Labour movement. The great Owen Jones. Ah uh, yes, writing about 4 for 100 years old.
0: Yeah, the great Owen Happily, who is the editor of the Culture section. The great. I mean, I don't, uh, yeah, those are all the people that we're actually friends with, but I also really like Grace Blakely. Oh, Hugh Lemmy, the great Hugh Lemmy. He's appeared on Real Politics, he's fucking great. Marcus Barnett, John Trickett. Matt's oh fucking the great Matt Zarb cousin yeah. why we need, on,
6: on why we need mandatory reselection <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, Matt the, knows where it's the, at the great yeah.
0: Matt Zarb cousin with the great why we need the great mandatory reselection <laughs> oh god I'm such an asshole when somebody mentioned it was when John Lansman mentioned mandatory reselection for the first time at the party democracy thing I just yeah. went woo <laughs> actually my my round of applause for Max Shanley was was a lot more successful in terms of my sort of heckling intervention well I didn't actually heckle I just went (laughs) woo and did some clapping which I think is what you're supposed to do
6: yeah so what do you make of the relaunch of Tribune? I, think it's, I yeah. think it's really, really good. Do you good. think it was better to relaunch this old magazine than start a new one? Yeah, it it's got a history. I, I, a I, I, history that I think of, it's could good help it out, you know? yeah,
0: to yeah. situate what's happening now on the left within a wider history, because it means that people go back and they look into what came before. And mm-hmm. frankly, what came before on the left uh, what came before 2018 and the present form of socialism was quite often more radical you know like the sdp manifesto of 1983 not the labor party manifesto of 1983 hashed out as a compromise under a right-led party led by you know uh, past it michael Foot. you know the sdp the scab splitter parties manifesto was more radical than the 2017 labor manifesto But the Labour 2017 manifesto was fucking loads more radical than the other manifestos (laughs) that offer. So this is what I'm saying. We need to look back to the best ideas of Ben. Of, I mean, we're going back to Red Pepper now, but of Hilary Wainwright, of Leo Panitch, of Ralph Miliband. Not of his children. Nah, yeah. Ed Miliband's at the World Transformed, isn't it? We haven't seen him yet, obviously. I met him last year. Maybe
6: Isn't he doing quiz this year? He's, he's, he he's is, yeah. I think
0: we'll probably both have left. I think it might be tomorrow night. Oh, Ed. Yeah, but, you know, I think there's a real continuity a real lineage in British socialism and social democracy. So to um, head back to that by re- relaunching tribute makes sense, you think? Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. So there
6: you are. And well, on, I and, go. I'm forward to going through and those articles, some great writers in yeah. the of course.
0: And I think that Ronan Bertenshaw sure is, is a good person to edit it. I think Jacobin's coverage of European politics is largely really, really good. I tend to disagree a lot more with some of their American stuff, but Ronan's not responsible for that. I've met him once, I think, at last year's The World Transformed. And yeah, I can't say I know him well or anything, but in terms of his writing and his editing, you know, I think he's really politically solid. He's a hard-nosed leftist. Not going to be, you know, melty over the EU or any shit like that. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, that's the main issue. Tom, what's our number one priority? Uh, hard Brexit. Hard Brexit now. So, it's just Jack now. Tom's gone home and I'm here in the cafe of the Blackie Theatre, one of the main venues they've been hosting World Transformed events at. And I'm with none other than... On his second go round in real politics, a year after the last time, swigging a cider, <laughs> it is none other than the Financial Times' Stephen Smith.
5: Hi Jack, how are you?
0: I'm right, thanks, Steve. <laughs> it's uh, we've we've been having a good chat so far. We've been talking about Mike Gates, <laughs> Lloyd Russell-Moyle, very the. Dichotomy between the two.
5: Yeah, well, uh, we, we're having a good, we have yeah, we're having a good laugh about that, I guess. Uh, I, I'm sick, I think that I love your kind of parallel the milk that connects centuries in these days between Mike Gates and uh, and uh, what's it, you Tim Farron. Tim Farron, yeah, you know. a bipartisan, <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they cross the party divide. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so well, I mean, I mainly came here this year because I wanted to see the great uh, Jean-Luc Mélenchon. Obviously, it was quite a remarkable thing to actually see hear him speak live. My interest in him is that he's very unlike a lot of the other left Social Democrat figures that we're used to in Britain, like Corbyn, I would say McDonald. But John luc actually theorises every kind of single thing he does. And yeah. in his speech, although he was, he was quite frustrated because it wasn't rip-roaring, because he, he had to be translated every s- step of the way, but it was fascinating to hear him kind of talk about how, how he theorises his break from pacification in, in France and it, how he develops these kind of new concepts. Oh like, my God, the, I just realised yeah, when we interviewed George Eaton, he didn't say the word pacification. No, <laughs> George,
0: you dropped the ball, <laughs> mate. opportunity. Yeah, Missed carry opportunity. on, carry on. Anyway, Sorry, yeah. Steve,
5: I didn't mean to derail. No, you. no, no, no excellent point. You know, off. bringing out woke George is always a bit <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> the deselection express has steamed off the tracks. Yeah. So what was very interesting was that he was developing this concept of the people, which seems like us incredibly vague, having having had to listen to the people's vote kind of non-stop over the yeah. last kind of. But he he's kind of had, he's trying to add some real intellectual heft to it in yeah. terms of theorising a kind of new post-Marxist, post-socialist politics. Well, not post-socialist politics, but but certainly a kind of a new a new category a new in which, socialism and a new socialism yeah yeah um and that for me he spoke about the fact that his book has been reprinted four times now 100,000 copies of it have been sold in France yeah and yet there, there's been no translation into English yet so there's a an opportunity in the market there for someone really to get that book translated because I'm sure it would sell very well simply because I think he's Theorising a lot of what the left in Britain is doing in terms of reaching out beyond kind of its old ideas and trying to capture a new generation. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and it's funny, you could almost kind of read, discover more, a lot of what Corbyn has been doing by actually... Looking at what Mellichon's ideas are, so that 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 was fascinating.
0: Yeah, and I guess the contrast with Corbyn, although not necessarily with Macdonald, is that Corbyn is more of a kind of do on it. the ground
5: grassroots activist. Corbyn yeah. is always he's a hands-on guy. Since the 80s, he's always been an activist. An activist. A doer. Macdonald is slightly different. He is he comes from the same tradition, but I guess straddles the line. He is actually much more interested in creating uh, an ideas, and you kind of and it's not no coincidence you see him much more million of these kind of events that the world transformed you know because he's interested yeah. in that in stirring that kind of intellectual ferment and fervour at the at labor's grassroots yeah he's been everywhere yeah been i mean literally yeah and yeah. he's obviously just got a new book out on the which you were talking about on, yeah, on I've, economics that's I've been got, I've got very a copy well in my bag it's been very well reviewed. Reviewed widely, I understand. Yes, but
0: (laughs) particularly by your own publication, of course, and and I understand
5: McDonald's (laughs) team are delighted
0: with with that review.
5: (laughs) So, there you go. That's McDonald's kind of value, I think, to the Corbyn Project in that he's pushing forward these intellectual boundaries. Yeah. Uh, and you know, long, long. Continue.
0: Would you like, Would you agree with friend of the show George Eaton that this is where the ideas are at? Not Not this cafe specifically, but you know, maybe in this venue that you've got a couple of rooms where there's events going on. I think one on the four-day week, one on something else. The world transformed. The Labour left. You know, this is where the kind of
5: the blueprint of the future. Well, John McTernan um, John was saying that when he came here two years ago, well, and, these, and, there's, and there's and there's been no kind of... I don't think there's been anyone who's kind of gainsaid that, you know. No. Um, yeah, it, it, Philip literally, Collins said it as well. Exactly. They kind of had these kind of moments of enlightenment when they come here and are actually caught up in the actual positive intellectual mm. fervour going on here, and then of course... They're paid to go back and write about kind of negative shit, you know, yeah. afterwards, and so they have to forget about that. But yeah. but every, every, you know, I mean, it's nice that they come here and they can actually say what is their actual real beliefs rather than their paid beliefs, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, there's so many nice
0: people here as well. Just you know, people giving you a big smile, being all friendly, and it's <laughs> just like, you know, this is the movement where if you're part of it you're a monster you know what I mean yeah. they have everything oh no 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 not every conservative vote is bad you've got to respect people in general for voting Corbyn supporters all the most terrible people I and mean, then you come here and you're
5: like oh no they're just just like you and I they're questioning people they're kind of optimistic people they are you know they they, watch, they just want to create a better world they're actually not hung up on certain ideas mm. um, precisely what was so interesting about Melanchol he's not hung up on Marxist dogma or socialist ideas of the past he's trying to develop something new and something fresh something that really feeds into a new intellectual climate of questioning how and that's because of everything that's gone wrong over the last 40 or 50 years where we're all kind of almost using the language and ideas of the past but we're also trying to say there's been so much that's happened since we need new theories we need new ideas and this is where you will hear them you won't hear them in many other places I mean you know with, with respect to a lot of the other politics festivals that happen around around the country I mean you know uh, Tory Glastonbury. well yeah. <laughs> Macron headlining <laughs> you said it you know so yeah I mean so this is I think now a must attend event on the British political calendar now and, yeah. and, and, and you said You'll have political journalists coming here who probably forget about the main conference and will want to spend most of their time here, literally talking to people about what's coming next. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Because this is where you'll you'll discover it, rather than the slightly stage managed debates that will take place, well rehearsed. You know, oh, Brexit, I mean, look, fuck you know, you, don't, you, 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 you know your position on Brexit, you don't need to go to the Labour Party conference yeah. to, to fucking uh, talk about it endlessly, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you come here and you kind of have debates that move beyond that. You know? Yeah, of yeah. course, and
0: what has struck me is how kind of hard-headed and realistic the debate has been. This last year was a bit more euphoric, this yes. year the mood is still positive, mm. but there's a very, very clear awareness among most people of the challenges ahead, what Leo Panitch would call, who I met Yesterday, we'd call the socialist challenge today. Yeah, you know what obstacles we're I mean, there we was, up uh,
5: I mean, it, yeah, you're, you're dead right. Actually, yeah, it's every kind of session you attend. It has a kind of hard, practical edge about what are the politics people should be doing in their everyday lives now I mean I attended one on the I haven't been to many things I've only been here a couple of days but one of the ones I attended was a, an interesting debate on cities and what the city is mm-hmm. and that ended up you know being a very practical hard-headed examination of housing policy of how to organise urban space now It spoke about that incredible experience in Haringey this year about a new politics trying to take back power from you know very very remote council leaders yeah um Um, So, every panel seems a mixture of people from the Academy, activists, and commentators all coming together and exchanging their very different experiences from their very different backgrounds. And, And it always kind of ends up in a kind of very practical feeding into what could be Labour policy a year or two down the line. Yeah, it's so at odds with the way that Mm. the Corbyn movement is
0: portrayed as, you know, a delusional cult that will not tolerate any dissent, Mm. to quote my friend Chris Leslie, Mm. and that is kind of a homogenous block of opinion that will not kind of brook any contrary views. It's just nonsense. As
5: you say, there's all kinds of views from, yes, within the left, and also, you know, people who would not be necessarily associated with poor project. I mean, Sadiq's housing guy attended that housing session and he, he fed into all the ideas that were there and he was receptive to them. And Jonathan Reynolds, attending a, you know, a shadow cabinet movement with a Blairite background, but being very kind of hard headed and practical about the need for a Labour government, so he's got his hands dirty in Corbyn's shadow cabinet. He came to a session I went to on mental health and was really, really listening very carefully to all the activists and the health activists there who were. Begging him to not recreate the mistakes of the previous Labour governments who just did, did have no relationship with any kind of movement beyond the kind of traditional political circles. Yeah. Listen to activists. There was a there was a brilliant speech by a kind of a training doctor who said any Labour government must Yes. and reach out to kind of community groups, activist groups and Reynolds was in the room listening and nodding away so that's very positive and optimistic It's know. great, yeah, yeah. I, think,
0: I think the thing that for me encapsulates this conference is I went up for about two minutes to the four day week debate before realising, okay, if I'm going home later I need to charge my phone and there's a huge banner and it had pictures of Marx on it and pictures of Corbyn and, you know, workers of the World Unite and in huge letters it said capitalism is crisis and I thought
5: this is the Labour mainstream now. Well, I mean, I remember very well that, that was also a banner headline that was used in the FT in the 2008-2009 period when things were genuinely infernal. That's the main thing about people don't realise about the financial crisis what it did. It made critiques of capitalism completely intellectually not just respectable but completely necessary. Vindicated. Yes, and yes completely so necessary. Do you think yes. politics has finally yeah. caught up with the 2008 crisis? Uh, well, I, very much. Yeah, there was a, there was a notable lag because obviously. That ferment didn't destroy the existing order of things, but yes. now people have had a chance to remake their political institutions, and this is what you see now. We hear the world transformed here in France, Bernie Sanders being the favourite to be the Democrat nominee in 2020. It's just a worldwide phenomenon. Absolutely. Right? Uh, and you know, the Latin American left, you know, still electing people in Mexico despite the neoliberal press saying, you know, the, the Latin American wave is dimmed. It's not true. Yeah, it, the uh, tide could yeah. be turning this yes. war. Yeah. globally yeah. yeah globally absolutely yeah. and i think that's
0: probably a good way to end it on because we've, we've gone on for 13 minutes um, <laughs> sorry about that jack. no that's no that's fine like it's, that's it's more, the side material to work with <laughs> no i really appreciate it man that's great it's a wonderful third interview thank you stephen smith of the ft thank you jack we're shaking hands i'm sure you can hear it <laughs>
6: Like. nicely concludes our first hour bit of recording session for the conference
0: yeah uh, although actually oh shit, you got
6: more of you I've got one more thing in my bag oh that's oh oh, oh it's not in, it my in my bag it? anymore but I've got one more let's thing let's just pretend somewhere. it was in a bag and you've taken it out of the bag we'll and got, oh
0: fuck I've got these as well. Oh. oh all right we'll just finish off this little segment.
6: Before the food comes, yeah,
0: we've ordered some food minus the burger sauce. I already remembered and did that bit that I couldn't remember, that I wanted to do. It was about the uh, melt outside for conference. Yeah, event. yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, he calls himself a melt. Like, well, he probably doesn't, but call, he calls himself a melt. We we walked off and had fucking McDonald's with Georgie, and like, <laughs> who has out melted who here? Anyway. I have got another book and Owen Happley, if you're listening please publish my work in tribute I haven't got to write anything new mm-hmm. <laughs> Owen Happley, if you're listening I really want to buy your book on you know Chaplin and silent film and stuff but unfortunately by the time I got to the cafe slash bookstall in the Blackie Theatre for Pluto press people had had all had sadly gone home so I'm sure it wasn't sad for them they're probably quite happy to have a break obviously i i support you know more leisure time for 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 workers i got what else you got instead I didn't get it instead I was going to get <laughs> oh, yeah. I was well, going to get an addition. What, what yeah, is get, an addition Yeah what sorry I'm just being obtuse And pedantic That's fine I just think it makes good radio Our listeners sure. probably disagree But I'll find it annoying Because we never get to the point But I just I like, This is why
6: the episodes Are fucking two hours yeah. <laughs> long
0: I just like I like to deconstruct things As we go along You know it's what I was saying In that interview I'm, I'm playing with the podcast form Innovating Yeah Changing the world Absolutely So this book is called (laughs) A Brief History of Neoliberalism. It's by David Harvey, who I've never read anything by before. But I know he's also at the World Transformed this year. Maybe I'm a bit sort of torn up that I bought this instead of Jess Phillips every man every, every woman. woman every woman
3: how <laughs> <Every
0: woman>. did <laughs> I fuck mean, that up <laughs> yeah. okay yeah I know I, I had a quote from J.K. Rowling on the front cover Tom how hyped are you for a new J.K. Rowling book oh
6: so, yes the one about the militant tendency the leftists who are like terrorists. of 2012 yeah Twenty twelve, yeah. sort of proto-Corbynite momentum thugs it's part of a, a novel series she's already writing isn't it,
0: it oh yeah she's done a load of these like Wank, fucking like <laughs> pulp, fucking noir set in fucking Britain. Ugh. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> now... be like American 1930s. And now we've got food coming. Uh, neoliberalism by David Harvey. I haven't read it, so I don't have much to say anyway, but I'm sure it's good.
6: And on that note.
3: What the fuck was that? Good night. Boy! Mike! What's for dinner? Well, Mrs. We will be having the usual, milk and cake, but I will give you a choice. You can have a red cake with great big blue cherries on top, or a blue cake with great big red cherries on top and you will be able to eat that cake because you have the milk! Why is it always milk and cake, Mike? I hope you will not be providing me with any of that soy milk shit! Mrs. Gapes, I will tell you where from whence I acquired this milk. It is taken from cows in the south and taken from cows in the north and it is put together in the same factory where it is mixed together with whiskey and it comes out as milk. To Liverpool this year. I am afraid I do not much fancy Mrs. Gapes being accosted by the hard-left thugs who wish to belittle and trivialise my honourable campaign for a sustainable British dairy industry.
2: It's young people, it's crowdsourcing.